I am Polly. <laughs> and I am Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Where we know our one, two, threes, and ABCs, if yeah. you believe it or not. <laughs> that took it like, we were so out of breath by that, like, <laughs> It's been a long day. We've both had very long days. That's my excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, we were supposed to be, uh, I was supposed to be awake for 4.30. I'm like, River's only going to nap for 40 minutes, and I'm going to nap with him because we've had a long day, and he's had his vaccines today, and we're both really tired. And then 4.30 hit, and I'm like, oh, my God, Holly, I'll be up in, like, a minute. And then she's like, take your time. And then it's, like, 5.06, and I'm like... <laughs> she took it literally. She took her time. But it was fine because my old-ass laptop needed a restart and all that mm-hmm. shit. So, basically, we're both a train wreck. Um, yeah. I'm rocking a cold of some sort, so that's good. I haven't left my house, but like I'm 99.9% sure I have the COVIDs and I can't even check. So that's fun. Yeah, because Ontario is shit. (laughs) Hey, we need to start drinking in these podcasts again. (laughs) Fuck, right? I actually just have like I ran downstairs because I'm so parched because I'm like fucking running around. And Stuart's like, oh, there's like a white claw in the fridge. Do you want that? I'm like, no, I want water. (laughs) He's like, you're old. (laughs) I'm sipping tea, so not much better. Oh, we'll yeah, be fun. So we'll be. Oh, I hit the mic. Sorry. Tea. I just didn't have time to make tea. Oh, tea. that sucks. Yeah. Have one after. And I think the Stewart's um, uh, stand-up table is like definitely like slowly going down. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like scratching it. I'm just like, I swear, I put this table up higher. Does he have control over it on his phone? Is that another thing that he can fuck with? <laughs> no. Okay. Let's let's test this. Okay. I'm standing up straight. Let's see by the time I'm going to like spread eagle at this point and try to like talk in this mic. We're going to test it and see if it's... See how far down it goes? Yeah. <laughs> That's it's so like funny. Just, you know when you sit on the chairs and they're broken and they just slowly, slowly go, down? go down? I think it's like that. Or like, I mean, this is probably not the same, but like when you see a plant move, you know how they like turn to the sunlight and stuff, but it's like really slow. And you're no. like, is that move? Oh, okay. That's just me. Okay. I'm really they bored move, at home, like, okay? <laughs> I was going to say, they move, like, really, really, really slow. Like you. Yeah, but you can, like, bored. tell. You can tell. Oh, you can tell at the end? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might be, I... like, watching it move, and I'm like, Holly, I have Oh, I did for like... a little bit, and I definitely set up my phone to take a video at one point, <laughs> in case oh, anybody's cool. wondering how uh, lockdown number 976 is going for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> uh, it did, in fact, move, though, and it's my first plant, and I'm really proud of it. <laughs> I was like, she's not actually like a crazy cat lady. She's a crazy plant lady. I wish I was a crazy plant lady. I need more. I need a house oh, to put plants I in. Wish I, could, I wish I could keep them alive. I cannot. Uh, I so killed far, a cactus by accident. That's pretty bad. Right? I have a little succulent right now. Uh, its brother died, but he's doing all right. Uh, his leaves are like scarred, and I don't know if I did that or if it just came to me scarred. But, you know, he's doing his best. <laughs> he's just going through a phase, Holly. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, that's all I've got going for me this week. I'm watching plants and I have a cough. Yeah. I've got nothing going. We've got his vaccines. I think we might be putting it in him in his own room either this <gasps> week or next weekend. That's so exciting. I know. But probably like nerve wracking for the first. You're not going to yeah. sleep. You're going to stare at the fucking monitor all night. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. I'm not going to sleep. River's going to love it. And he's going to be like, this is great. Because he, he's already in his own crib. Yeah. But the crib's just in our room. He just outgrew his bassinet real fucking fast. Um, yeah, he's really tall. 
He's so the, he's he's in the eighty fifth percentile for height. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Wow. Where did he get that from? Like, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's tall, but he's like a normal tall. He's yeah, like he's not like obnoxiously tall. Stewart's family's like in the same boat. They're not like outstandingly tall, but they're like taller than me. Stewart's family is just like like average, it's right? Like living with like the seven dwarves. No, nor. Oh my god, you're so he's funny. Like the tiniest person in the world. <laughs> But Stuart's like taller. Stuart's like average height, no? I think I think Stuart's average, but like compared to all of our friends that are like male, he looks. He's well, besides one, he's <laughs> besides <tall>. Carl <laughs> and Tom. Oh, and Tom. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, he's a he's a little bean. That's exciting though. You'll have to let me know how that goes. I was yeah. been meaning to ask you that because like you need a full night's sleep at some point. I know. Your a first bit. eight hours sleep, you're going to wake up and not know where you are. Right? I'm going to, like, freak out. I remember when River first came home, I had, like, the, the, like, I'd put him in his bassinet. And then I would, like, wake up and, like, freak out that he was, like, still, like, like still holding him. But he's just, like, happily sleeping in his bassinet. It was, like, and so it's going to be like, one of those. Yeah. I'm going to, like, wake up every hour and be like, where the fuck is the baby? <laughs> you look over and we're like, where's the, where's the crib? <laughs> yeah. Someone stole the baby. Start. <laughs> It's gonna be a fucking mess for me, and that's it. It's gonna be great for River, and it's gonna be a fucking mess for me. But then, like in a couple weeks, it'll be amazing. So yeah. you got this. I believe in you. Yeah, I just want you to this. sleep, man. <laughs> She's Holly. Just like secretly is just like I want to record on time for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, Stop taking three p.m. naps. <laughs> Every day she's like yelling at me if I'm not up at 4.30. I'm like, you're not going to be up at 4.30. <laughs> we know how this is going to work. Uh, but yeah, we're a disaster once again. Yeah. Should we just should we get just, into it? Yeah, just get... We should. I'm going to do... Uh, let's talk about some UFOs. Oh, fun. Yeah. We haven't talked talk about, about aliens in a while. I know. Um, let's talk about the Phoenix Lights phenomenon. Okay. I don't know this oh, one. I'm so, I'm so really happy I, I pronounced that correct. Phenomenon. Phoenix? Oh, phenomenon. No, phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so like next to like Roswell, it's probably like known as like the biggest UFO case to date. So obviously Holly's just living under a fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> what else is I don't new? Know what that's one <laughs> if you see it, you'd be like, oh, I've seen that before. Okay. So on March thirteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, hundreds upon hundreds of people in Arizona all reported seeing very strange bright lights in the sky between seven p.m. and ten thirty p.m. Um, I believe it was also seen in, like, Nevada and also a part of Mexico. Okay. So the first sighting that came was reported by an Arizona police officer around 8 p.m. who said he saw orange and red lights hanging over a valley, and these lights were just, like, at at this point, they were, like, stationary. He was driving when he saw them, saying they were in a V formation. Um, When he got home, he could still see them, and then they disappeared over the horizon. This officer was located in Paulden, Arizona. After this, calls just came in one after the ano- one after another. Um, then the calls moved south, so these lights were like moving south, obviously because the calls are going that way. <laughs> uh, these what reports, a detective you are, <laughs> right? <laughs> I should like be paid to be a detective. I'm so good at it. <laughs> um, so these reports were all sent into the National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, the reports were all pretty much similar in nature. Everyone was saying there was lights in the sky in a V formation. Um, it's like 
kind of like you know how like birds fly in a v yeah i was honestly picturing geese wearing like glow sticks the whole time to be honest my mom used to think it's like this is the most adorable thing ever when my mom was a kid she used to think geese flying in a v formation was like a marriage like they were all like they were having a wedding yeah oh that's so cute (laughs) um some say they look like orbs but some people said it it said it was like lights on one big craft um, but what is eerie is a lot of people said it was just like silent. Like it was just like lights just chilling up in the sky, just dead ass silent. Um, it's kind of like watching that movie. Oh my God. War Independence Day or? Oh. War, no, in War of the Worlds when all the aliens come and like everything is just dead silent. Like you don't hear the birds or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so there was no noise when seeing these lights, as I said. So I'm just going to go over some of like the witnesses reports from that night. There's like a shit ton of them and I'm not saying all of them. <laughs> buzzfeed unsolved did a really good case like episode of it and they included a shit ton of stuff and i'm not including all of that i miss them so much already fuck right it's such a bummer but like i get it but like we miss you (laughs) (laughs) um so there was a witness named jr so he didn't want to give his full name uh he saw these lights and lights over and is quoted saying and i quote there is no way this is from the planet um, we don't have anything that big. It was totally silent. I've never seen anything even close to the colors from the exhaust that propelled that thing. It was as big as downtown Prescott, Arizona. Oh, wow. And completely blocked out the stars. So people were saying that, like, the lights were, like, as big, like, bigger than, like, a Boeing 747. Holy shit. Yeah. There is a witness named Tim Lee. Um, I got this uh, witness account from the BuzzFeed Unsolved video. Um, So he's reported saying, and I quote, it's astonishing and a little frightening. It was so big and so strange you couldn't actually see the object. All you could see was the outline and thought something was blotting out the stars. The lights looked like gas. There was a distortion on the surface. Also, the light didn't spill out or shine. I've never seen a light like that. That's Um, so creepy. Right um so uh devin lorenz and jamie lorenz so they were like a nephew and aunt so he was visiting his aunt and they were standing out on or sorry he was devin was visiting his aunt jamie um they were standing out on devin's porch um in prescott valley in arizona when they saw the lights they reported saying it was like a triangular shape and the lights were red but in the middle though there was like a white light there was also another report um from prescott sorry there was also (laughs) another report from the prescott valley which was reported to the national ufo reporting center and it says and i quote we observed five yellow lights in a v formation moving slowly from the northwest across the sky to the northeast then turn almost due south and continue until out of sight the point of the v was in the direction of the movement the first three lights were in a fairly tight v while the two lights further that were further back along the lines of the v's legs uh, during the northwest northeast transit, one of those trailing lights moved up and joined the th- the three, and then dropped back to the trailing position. So, so it's like people, individual. Yeah. Ships. So some people were seeing like these individual crafts, but some people believe that it's like one full big craft. But like, who knows? It could be That's like one, one big one that has like little pods, and yeah. they just like pop out the the pods. Yeah, it's true. And then um, all of these reports are pretty much from the the UFO UFO center. So they take record of everything that was said. Even if it's anonymous, it will just be like, this pilot said this. And like, it won't say a name, but it'll say what was said. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so this goes into like my next thing. So there was an apparent, apparently a pilot that also reported witnessing these lights and, um, the person was not known until 2017 or 2018 when Kurt Russell was interviewed by BBC and he said it was actually him who was that oh, pilot. Oh, no way. 
Yeah. So on the recording, like in the interview, he said that in in the witness statements, um, it just said it was a pilot at this airport at this time. And he was like, fuck, that's me. Oh, shit. (laughs) He didn't think anything of it. So. Oh, poor Panda. That's Panda. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Kurt is quoted saying, and I quote, I was flying my son to see his friend um, and we were on approach and I saw six lights over the airport. Absolute uniform and V shape. So I watched the interview with him. So basically what happened that night is he saw those lights um, when he was landing and he reported it to um, like the airport, like the air traffic control. Mm -hmm. And then they reported it to the... UFO, UFO center or wherever the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> the alien place. <laughs> the alien place. And because um, when he called it in, they're like, do you want, we're not seeing what you're seeing. Do you want to make a report of it? And he's like, sure. But they never took his name. It was just like a pilot sort of thing. Oh, so he like realized after like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And so he I landed. Said that. <laughs> he landed and never thought anything of it. And then years upon years later, apparently his, um, his partner, like Goldie, was watching an, an episode, I think, of Ancient Aliens or, like, some episode on, like, the Phoenix Lights. Yeah. And it said, like, a, it said his witness account, like, this pilot. And Kurt was like, fuck, that was me. That's so wild. And he's like, he's like, I'd completely forgot about it. Like, he did, he's like, I didn't even think anything of it. It's like the and opposite so, of uh, Tom DeLonge. <laughs> literally. <laughs> he's just, like, so, like, wow, these lights are cool. Okay, continue with my life. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Um, so the governor of Arizona, Fife or Fife, I think it might be Fife, um, Sigmundton, decided to hold a press conference regarding the lights. So in front of the press, he says he knows who's cannibal accountable for the lights. He then brings up some dude dressed as an alien, like in a, mm-hmm. like in a costume. Mm-hmm. Like he's what? making a joke. Yeah, he's making a huge joke out of it, making fun of people. Um, what a dick. And then, yeah. And then his rant, like, and then, like, this happened, like, I'm pretty sure the press conference happened, like, a couple months later. Like, it didn't really blow up until, like, a few months later. Until all the reports started coming in, then the news, like, the media got a hold of it. Um, so, he made that press conference. And then later on, he was randomly like, nah, um, I was just joking. And he said that the lights were, and I quote, outer, outer worldly origin. Oh. And that he actually saw them himself. So he was sitting there making fun of them and then but said he saw them. He's like, oh, look, a distraction. Yeah, literally. Um, He's quoted saying, I quote, I'm a pilot and I know just about every machine that flies. It was bigger than anything I've ever seen. It remains a great mystery. Other people saw it. Responsible people. I don't know why people would ridicule it. Wow. Yeah, Fife. Why why would you ridicule it? Removing the foot from the mouth. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um... So the government is obviously like, we have an explanation. We know exactly what's going on. <laughs> um, the, the Air Force... Uh, As they so often do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said they were um, flares dropped in a training exercise. Oh, for fuck's sake, Scott. Uh, yeah. These flares were dropped from high altitude and were dropped over the Barry M. Goldwater Range. However, the Air Force base that would be doing these training exercises originally stated that they actually had no aircraft in the sky that night. So they took Also, months. I feel like it would probably land. I don't know. You know? Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and also, like, flares. If you, like, see the flares. I can't understand seeing a flare in the sky and just being like, what the fuck is that bulb? But, like, flares just kind of, like, zizzle out and go yeah. everywhere. And then they're gone. These were, like, at some point stationary. They traveled. They made, like, a, like a, yeah. uh, what's, like, a route is the word I'm looking yeah. for. 
Yeah, and they stayed in, like, they never moved, apparently. Like, some of them moved at the back, some people reported saying. But yeah. they said they stayed in that V formation, and it was solid. It wasn't like they were sporadically moving. Yeah. Um, nice try. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Good try. Um, there was, apparently the training exercise was done around 10 p.m. So what is weird about that is that some people actually saw a second set of lights around 10 p.m., um, and there was nine lights seen in a V formation, not, like, the original five. So military dropping the flares at 10 p.m. might account for those second set of Mm -hmm. lights that people were seeing. I could understand that. But the original V formation was seen around 7 p.m. and only had five lights. So it doesn't fucking add up. (laughs) You're wrong, bitch. That is a lie. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, like the other theory is it's aliens. It has to be. Obviously. That's the only one. Yeah, what is weird to me is that so many people saw these lights and all had the same viewpoints. They're all in a V formation. They barely moved, just slowly moved forward, and then they were completely silent. Um, I'm sorry, but military flares wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it like literally just doesn't make sense. Some people say it's military aircraft, but I don't think an aircraft can just like hover like that. It also like, wouldn't be that can... large. Like I'm picturing yeah. like a. And also, unless they're doing some like weird ass fucking experiment that we still have no idea about. You'd fucking hear them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're super loud. Yeah. Um, and then they also said that they didn't have planes in the sky that night. So they're fucking liars. It's fucking aliens. Yeah. So hot debunked. <laughs> um, it's UFO aircraft. We've solved the mystery. Um, I think like the, like the topic that we should try to be figuring out, because they obviously know that it wasn't military and stuff like that. Um, if it's just like one large ar- aircraft or is it five that's that be does make a difference like i feel like one large one is just like poking about looking for information anything more yeah. than one is like that sounds attacky i don't know yeah, right <laughs> so i mean the government has fully admitted they have funded private programs towards aerospace threats um and the government has admitted that some videos out there they can't explain and confirm it's a ufo so they haven't said it's aliens but they've definitely said that they can't identify it mm-hmm. hence ufo um it's definitely an alien yeah and i think the phoenix lights is one of those cases it it just doesn't make sense like they can't explain it and there's videos from it from 1997 they're on the internet um that show these weird um v-shaped i think a couple people actually got it but remember it's 1997 they're yeah (laughs) they tried their best yeah Um, we can't post them because uh copyright so just go to youtube (laughs) just just look it up man um i also just think that they're like their ways of explaining it away are so like Oh, we'll just say this and everyone will believe it. But, like, if you yeah. actually just take a second and look into it a little bit, it's like, well, you just said there was no no airplanes in the air. How come all of a yeah. sudden now there's airplanes in the air? Like, Yeah. And you, like, I think the reason was is, like, people asked, or, like, was there airplanes in the air? And they're like, nope, it wasn't. And then this story got hype, and they're like, just kidding, oh, yes, fuck. there was. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's take this back. Like, we're totally lying. Like, yeah. We totally did an experiment that I night. think they know more than it. they're saying, as, as oh, always yeah. with alien cases. Yeah. And I th- I'm happy they finally admitted that, like, th- there's stuff out there they can't explain. So... I think they should try to explain it. I still think they li- should be looking in the ocean, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> but we needed a good UFO story. We did. It's been a while. I was actually just thinking that because I was looking for uh, posts last night and I was looking at a whole bunch of alien things. I was like, I haven't talked about aliens in forever. So once again, brainwave. picking up my brainwave. Yeah. Yeah. Brainwave. <laughs> um, 
so now it's my turn and i promise it's not like super long and twisty this time it's it's relatively an open closed case this week um so today i'm talking about the murder of kara knott uh, Kara was a 20-year-old student attending San Diego State University back in 1986. She was described by her family as being a sweet, bright girl. Uh, she was, like, super pretty, too. There's a picture used in almost every article where she has this, like, big 80s hair. Oh, I love that. And, oh, she's so glamorous. She's so pretty. Um, if I can post that one, I will, because she looks really nice in it. Um, <laughs> on the night of December 27, 1986, Kara called her parents from her boyfriend's house to let them know she was on her way home. The drive normally took about 45 minutes. So when 10 p.m. came and went, her father grew worried. Uh, he said he just had a sense that something happened to Kara. Like, he, he just knew in his gut something was wrong. It's like a parent instinct. Yeah, literally. So uh, Sam Knott and his wife Joyce set out along the I-15 to find their daughter. Um, as midnight approached, the couple ran into a highway patrol officer on the road. They flagged him down for help and asked him to put out an APB on their daughter. But he refused because a person needs to be missing for at least 24 hours to do that. Yeah. Which I feel like that rule is antiquated. I feel like it needs to be updated. Yeah, I think I think the point of it though is that they get so many calls that the like runaways just doesn't and stuff. see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That like are like those people are found within a couple hours. Yeah. I get it, but it's just like I, I feel like I, certain cases where it's like this would never happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think I honestly I think it should be updated, but like I understand why they it's like that. But I don't agree with it. I and I, I also think, is. like, in this world where we all have cell phones and everything, it should be, like, if you haven't had a contact with them in 12 hours, it's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if you it's... can share your location now yeah. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Like, if you yeah. don't get a text or a call from someone who, like... Like, if I didn't hear from you for, like, a day, that's normal. But if I didn't hear... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Even, um, like, it's, like, a simple Snapchat. So, like, guys, if Holly doesn't hear from me, it's definitely my neighbor that murdered me. <laughs> not on good terms we know this for sure now um but yeah i just think that rule needs to be updated that was the end of that little mini rant yeah um so sam took joyce home but continued driving all night his other daughter cynthia and her husband bill joined the search for kara at this point um they tried desperately to get the police involved but they were no help a dispatcher told sam that quote girls will be girls and that kara would come home soon oh okay yeah we know what kind of people those people are yeah um around 5 30 a.m on the morning of december 28th cynthia and bill decided to take one final loop of the mercy road off-ramp so this is like a really creepy off-ramp where it like just goes to a road that goes nowhere it just goes mm-hmm. to like um they call it a quote shadowy pit under the highway so it's not actually a street it's just like a random off-ramp to a like semi-wooded area it's really weird um real safe yeah so they drove through the darkness past a construction site and saw kara's volkswagen parked just off the ramp what are the chances they uh, the the gut instincts of this family so far has been like wild yeah um sam Knott was a little while down the highway when he saw a patrol car zooming by with its lights on uh he followed the police car in an attempt to get the police officer's attention uh but they kept driving off the mercy road off ramp sam pulled up behind him and saw his daughter and son-in-law and knew right away that something was wrong uh that's when he learned about kara's car uh, around 8.12 a.m. that day, one of the officers on the scene looked over the bridge railing o- on the off-ramp and made a terrible discovery. Kara Knott's body was laying at the edge of the creek underneath the bridge, 65 feet below uh, where they were standing. Later, later, autopsy would reveal that she had been strangled and thrown over the edge, so the fall didn't kill her. Um, okay. 
Oh, sorry, I scrolled too down. far. <laughs> yeah. Um, so investigators were met with one very pressing question. Why did Kara pull off that off-ramp that night? Uh, a receipt showed that she had stopped for gas once she left her boyfriend's, and her car was in perfectly fine working condition. So they don't think, like, her car did something weird Broke and down. she pulled over and looked okay. at it or anything. Yeah. Um, there was no... Was, she, was her boyfriend with her at the gas station? No, he, he was at okay. home. Okay. Um, they did question him at one point, but he was released pretty quickly. Okay. Um... So there was no sign of a struggle at the scene. There was no evidence of sexual assault on Kara's body. There was really no clues as to how or why this happened. The only odd thing they noted was that the driver's side window had been rolled down about halfway, even though it was a chilly December night. Um, and they wondered if Kara had rolled it down to talk to her killer before they attacked. Because mm-hmm. um, she was the doors were locked. That was a weird thing. The doors were locked, but the window was like halfway down. Um, so while the investigation pressed on, uh, the local police thought it was wise to put out an educational piece on highway safety with the local news. Uh, they wanted to let young women know proper protocol when they felt like they were in danger on the interstate. Uh, I guess this is a thing that happened a lot along this interstate. Like, people will follow you or, like, like, uh, like run into the back of your car. Uh, yeah. So you pull over and talk to them and everything. It's so, also like that parking lot thing where people would put, like, a fake ticket or something on the back of your windshield. or like Yeah. And then you'd get in your car and then you'd get back out to go like run yeah, exactly. and then they'd attack you. Yeah. So um, they put out like a safety thing about how to survive that basically. Okay. Um, the TV special featured California Highway Patrolman Craig Payer, who had done several TV specials for the department. Um, during this special, he warned young women, quote, you never know who you could meet along the road. You could even get killed. Several people watching the special noted that Craig had scratches across his face. Then the calls started pouring in. Several women started calling in to report that they had strange run-ins with Patrolman Payer. Uh, They reported that he would follow them along the I-15 and then pull them over on the Mercy Road off-ramp, which is where Kara's body was found. Um, It was always something like minor, like, uh, oh, your taillight's out, or are you wearing your seatbelt? Like, it was never like, hey, I saw you do something really bad. Yeah. he was never violent with any of these people that called in, but the women did complain that he would, like, stroke their hair or ask them on dates while he had them pulled over. Well, <laughs> That's the sound I made, too. Um, looking back in his file, it was apparent that the department had been ignoring complaints against Craig for quite some time. Oh, great. For, like, years leading up to Kara's murder. Um, a traffic citation was found from the night of December 27th. On it, Officer Payer wrote that the ticket was issued at 10.30 p.m., but then he scratched that out and wrote 9.20 p.m. over top. 17 days after his TV appearance, the father of two and 13-year veteran of the California Highway Patrol was arrested and charged with the murder of Kara Knott. Uh, he was also fired from the California Highway Patrol. Uh, so when Can he, you imagine, like, like, we know you killed somebody, but we'll keep your salary. <laughs> I mean, that's very police-like, isn't it? I know, it's true. <laughs> Um, when the news became, or sorry, when the news of his arrest became public, more than 20 additional women phoned in complaints against him. One caller said, quote, I think he liked pulling young women over and being the authority figure. He was a gentleman, but the longer he kept me down there, the more nervous I got. Um, so it just sounds like he gave overall creep vibes. Um, what like changed in like her case though? Uh, unfortunately we never know. Uh, there's like a hint of what might have happened, but yeah, we'll get there. Um, so locals in the area were outraged with the news and support 
and for the Knott family, but Craig still had a few people in his corner. Um, his friends and family, led by his third wife, Karen, pledged their houses to help cover the $1 million bail, um, which in this day and age, that's like half a house. So I don't know how many houses were pledged in this case. That's um, insane. Like, if, I would never bail somebody out for that. For murder? Absolutely not. I'd have to be like 100% no. sure they were framed or like, yeah. I don't even know. Especially like my house. <laughs> Like, and then you're responsible for that person. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. that. <laughs> um, donations came pouring in from friends across the country, totaling well over $100,000 as well. Um, so he did get out on bail and he ended up working, I think he did like painting or something, like painting people's houses in between the trial because he mm-hmm. was like out on bail. Um, so they insisted that... he's even allowed to do that. It was probably under the table is my guess. Yeah it said something about like oh, working definitely. for a friend yeah yeah definitely um so his friends and family insisted that he was just a chatty guy and that's why he had struck up conversations with the literal dozens of women he pulled over um his wife called him quote the most loving affectionate and concerned being I, or sorry human being i have ever known um i don't mm-hmm, believe that karen, <laughs> mm-hmm, sure. karen. Mm-hmm. um the case went to trial in 1987 where several witnesses including a gas station attendant and another patrol officer reported seeing craig scratched disheveled and bloody after his shift on december 27th 1986 uh craig told his fellow officer that he had slipped and fallen into a chain link fence after getting gas to explain the injuries um how <laughs> literally how caught in fight with a chain link yeah does not do that <laughs> yes. uh, a forensic technician called told the court that the genetic markers in a drop of blood found on kara's shoe match the blood of less than one percent of the state's population and that craig's blood is in that one percent so we're back in like 1986 so they couldn't like pinpoint exactly whose blood it was but they yeah. know that like but like what are the chances of that <laughs> the blood that they found only belonged to one percent of the population and craig was in that one percent yeah so um another expert testified that uh like a microscopic gold fiber found on kara's sweater matched the uh patch from craig's uniform the highway patrol patch mm-hmm. um prosecutor joe van or showed the jury a 46 inch nylon rope that was found in the trunk of craig's police car which matched the ligature marks found around kara's neck um jill oh i didn't look up the name jill ogivy uh who was another patrol officer took the stand as a witness as well she said that four days after kara was found craig called her for backup and when she arrived he grilled her on the investigation into kara's murder instead um from the fuzzle he didn't actually need backup yeah he was just like not being suspicious at all um from jill's testimony quote when i said i thought the body had been dumped from the west side of the bridge he said no she was put on the east side when we talked about the rumor that Knott had bitten off a part of her attacker's ear, he grabbed his ears and said, well, I've got both of mine. Um, and because there simply were not enough nails in his coffin at this point, um, she continued explaining how she told Greg she wished the killer like a slow and painful death, which same. Um, Jill said he grew angry and said, quote, you don't know what you're talking about. It could have been an accident. Maybe it just went too far. So that's the only real hint we have into the motive here. Um mm-hmm he just kind of allegedly snapped for some reason like she refused to play into whatever uh like plot he had in his head for that evening and he just went too far i guess um 
Uh, the defense argued that the evidence was all circumstantial even the dna because it's the 1980s like i said and that shit's just not reliable um craig was oh i already explained this (laughs) they argued that craig was a model patrol officer who was always doing community outreach because he cared so much about his community um they brought forth four witnesses who had seen a hitchhiker waving cash and lunging at cars on the freeway uh like on the on-ramp where kara would have gotten on from her boyfriend's house Mm -hmm. um so they kind of framed this this man as another possible suspect um and lastly the defense lawyer noted that there were six fingerprints lifted from the volkswagen and that none of them have been positively identified yet uh kara's family held a vigil every night for seven nights while the jury deliberated finally they were called back to the court uh they sat together holding hands while the foreman spoke to the judge seven jurors had found craig guilty but five had called for an acquittal the judge declared a mistrial and Kara's family was forced to sit through yet another trial uh, when speaking that to makes the- me my blood boil. <laughs> Can you imagine? Especially since it's like, like it's seven to five. That sounds like guilty to me. I don't know. I thought- it's also quite obvious. I guess it has to be unanimous. I don't know. Fuck that. I think so. Um, so Joyce's mother spoke to the press that day saying, quote, we're tough. We'll do it for Kara. Um, the second trial began in gi- January 1988, and uh, it was more of the same thing. Like, it was literally the same trial over again. And in June that same year, Craig Payer was found guilty of murder. He was sentenced to 25 years behind bars. I hear a small child. Oh, you actually hear him? I heard that one. Yeah, he's having fun downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost done, I promise, River. Hold on. Um, so he was sentenced to 25 years behind bars. Craig never admitted his guilt and filed appeals, which were all denied. Uh, He claims his innocence to this day and said he had nothing to do with it. Uh, He applied for parole in 2004. And in that year, a wrongful conviction project offered their services to help free him. So they asked for permission to rerun his DNA through modern technology to clear his name. But Craig rejected the office, the offer and was denied parole as a result. Uh, He was denied once again in 2008. In 2012, he went in front of the parole board one more time. He had still not submitted his DNA. And when asked why, he would just refuse to answer. Um, As a result, you guilty, literally, like (laughs) you might as well just say it. Um, As a result, the board told him he would not be eligible for parole again until 2000. And 27. So currently, today he is 72 years old. So that may or may not happen. Um, after the sentencing, Kara's family worked with the city to create the Kara Not Memorial Oak Garden, which was later renamed the San Diego Crime Victims Oak Garden. So the garden was built in that like shadowy pit below the highway on the Mercy Road off ramp, mm-hmm. and the off ramp was like closed to traffic except for that little park and it's really cute they have little like benches and shit there um and because i am incapable of ending things on a happy note in the year 2000 kara's father sam was visiting the garden which he did like every day um he had a heart attack one day and (gasps) died literally like a couple feet away from where kara was found that's fucking heartbreaking it's so sad uh his wife did an interview saying like he never really recovered from it and she's like you know in a weird way it's kind of like you know he's he's with her now because he died where she was yeah but yeah it's uh at least justice was served oh cranky baby yeah he's not too happy (laughs) Um, so fucking sad justice was served i don't see this guy getting out especially with the refusal to submit dna yeah i was like um if you were so innocent and they had dna you'd be and you knew you were innocent you'd be like wouldn't you try to fight with that like isn't that the thing now everyone's like rerun my dna and this guy's like no but i promise i didn't do it um yeah Yeah, it's guilty (laughs) he's full of shit uh so yeah that's the very sad murder of kara not 
That's really heartbreaking. Her poor family. I felt for her dad. That made me really sad. Yeah. That makes it, like, really fucking sad. It's, like, an open, closed case, but then you get to the end, and you're like, fuck Holly. Like, I had to include it. It made me sad, and I need everybody else to feel my pain. We all feel your pain. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, with that, this was a short one this week. Look at us. This wow. Is. Look at um, us go. It's because we have... Can you tell we're minutes. over it this week? <laughs> yeah. It's been a week, guys, and... You can probably hear my child. Just, River is my mood right now. Yeah, he's not crying. He's just talking, and he he's very loud with it. So sometimes he just that. like it's not even a scream. He literally just yells. Like it's just like he's ah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's he a hasn't funny guy. Any like syllables yet? He's just like ah, and we're like that's great. We got to teach him how to say stay spooky, and then he'll oh be god, like our yes. little ending. <laughs> oh my god! What if he has a lisp? It's gonna be the best thing. Oh my ever. god! I hope he does. Don't, yeah, <laughs> don't wish that, but, like, I also hope so. <laughs> I can finally have someone else who understands my pain. <laughs> right. Um, so if you want to come chat with us, our Instagram is a spooky hour podcast. Our Twitter is at spooky hour, and you can email us the spooky hour podcast, six, six, six at gmail.com. Send in your spooky tales. Send in your spooky tales. And that's it, man. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Requests. requests. Tell us right. what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, am I pronouncing this right? My brain's mush. But yeah, come hang out. Our one conjoined brain cell is just brain not cell. having it today. It's still napping. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.